Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another one of the 50 most relevant podcast episodes where we go through who I think are the 50 most relevant players across all scoring formats of fantasy footy. We put it all in a big melting pot and then have discussions with members of the Coaches Panel and some great friends across the fantasy footy community. Joining me today, one of the great uh, leaders of the Draft Doctors. Should we go with the leader, the boss, the chief, whatever it is, Stevie Fizz. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. It's good to be uh, back in the in the most relevant series. It's good. It's good to have you back uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Plenty of great stuff if you do play any of the varying formats of drafts, regardless of the styles, keeper league, single season. You want to get involved what the guys are doing. They're ranking season at the moment through their podcasts. Make sure you go and check them out. The midfield one is just days away from dropping. Then some really important and exciting things the guys are going to be doing. Their annual draft kit, it is a must-buy. And the mock draft simulator, like seriously, if you don't use that at least twice a day, in the month leading up to your draft kick yourself in the schnoz because you you're just doing it wrong if you're not using some of the great resources these boys give us all right let's talk about who's at number 33 luke ryan just the 24 years old he feels like he's about eight years older than that he's been around so long but this defender pumped out one of the best seasons um, that he has ever done and that we have as fantasy coaches have seen for a really long time. A 102 is his best score last year in AFL fantasy. That's not an adjusted. It's what he did. While a 162 against Carlton in Supercoach is a career high score from him. If you want to know what his AFL fantasy and dream team career high is, it's a 138. Did that against GWS way back in 2017, also known as the year Crows fans don't talk about. Uh, from an average perspective, it was 70.5 in AFL Fantasy. You want to adjust that based off the AFL Fantasy pricing of 1.25. It's up at an 88. While in Supercoach, a career season, a 107.2. In that format, going to set you back just over 575K, just under 600 and just over 670K, should I say, in AFL Fantasy, and just a touch over in in 650k in dream team and steve when we talk about a real well-rounded put together season not just from a fantasy scoring perspective but in terms of the impact on the game luke ryan was one of the most reliable and consistent defenders right across the league last year yeah he's fantastic he's um he's basically james sicily but uh under the radar i guess yeah. you could say he's um yeah he's one of my favorites he's just so good at what he does last year he ranked First in the AFL for rebound 50, second for intercepts, ninth for total kicks, 12th for meters gained, 19 for marks. And one of the things that's really important for us when it comes to fantasy footballers and the way scoring happens, and you talk about it often in your podcast, is you want numerous avenues of scoring. You don't just want a guy that if he doesn't mark it, he's not going to get it. The beauty of Luke Ryan is he can score in every facet of the game, probably outside of scoring goals. Yeah, he... Um... He really is one of the big interceptors of the game. And if we look at the way um, the game trends, it has been trending since 2016. It's more intercepts, more contested, uh, uncontested possessions are down. That's where defenders often score. So if you can win your own ball in defense and be a good kick avenue out, uh, which Ryan is, mm. you, sh you should be pretty good. 
Yeah, and he did it most of the year too with barely another key position defender down there as well. So you can only imagine with the likes of Hamling getting back into that side, taking some of the more of those lockdown roles. I think there was a game against the Cats where he basically was playing on Tom Hawkins. If he can lose some of those needs to have to hold down an opponent and get back to that intercepting freedom all the time, that's where we start to see some even greater potential for growth than what he did do last year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like they were, um, they were decimated with their key defensive stocks. So I, I think there's, there's some meat on the bone. There's a bit of uh, good scoring there for him. I think uh, Longmuir coming over from Collingwood with the heavy mark system, uh, that they should only get better in in year two of working under him. So I, like I think there is meat on the bone with Ryan. Mm, yeah, it's a, he's an interesting one. Look, last year in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy amongst all defenders, he ranked 10th uh, for total points, 18th by averages. That average was of 70, or again, you want to adjust it, it's an 88. Just the one ton across the year, but remember last year in Dream Team and Fantasy, 80 was kind of the new 100, and he had six additional scores of 80 or more. While in Supercoach, he ranked third for averages and second for total points among all defenders. That average of 107 featured 13 tons, six of them over 120. There's that nice ceiling that you're alluding to. And he had just four scores under 100 all year. And and his run home in that format was incredible. Just 13 games at the end, 12 of them were tons. Like So you want that guy. And again, whether it be for a salary cap format of the game or in the drafts, which is certainly where you and the team of the draft doctors specialize, you can't buy that level of consistency from almost any other defender than maybe other Jake Lloyd. Yeah, he's, he's certainly at the pointy end. And um, for the salary cap games, he's going to be really interesting because like, I can't see him falling outside the top six in your super coach, say. Mm. Um, but I don't think people would start with him given he's going to be more expensive than your Lairds, your Tom Stewart's, et cetera, et cetera. So, It'd probably be a real point of difference in those sort of formats. Uh, AFL Fantasy is going to be interesting. I don't know if he'd push into the top top six there. I think that's pretty. Yeah. that'd be pretty hard. Yeah, you, you go through who what a lot of people think are in that top bunch. You, you, most it's like a lay down is there that Whitfield, Laird, and and Lloyd take three of those top five, and then it's fighting out for the likes of Crisp. Does a Zach Williams getting that midfield role? Should that happen? Does he bump up a little bit? Is it a Tom Stewart? All of a sudden, there's these guys. Does a Luke McDonald maintain that high volume of possession role? So you're right. It does start to become a little bit harder. What was interesting, and it's not an uncommon trait for for fantasy footballers to perform better in wins versus losses but it's it's certainly for defenders it's a little more less common and last year um, he averaged 16.6 more points per game in wins uh, while it was 13.3 points more in victories and again it's not like oh wow that stat never gets used but for defenders more often than not you think if the ball's down there more they might score more. So that's that's a healthier indication, as you mentioned. Another year under Longmuir, another year with some key defenders around him, that midfield getting stronger. Everything trends to think, and at just 24 years old, we might just be only seeing the tip of the iceberg of Ryan not have that in the rear vision mirror. Yeah, and it, look, the, probably the question mark is, uh, does someone like a Hayden Young come in and, yeah. and steal a few kicks? Um, you know, they've got Wilson back there, so... I still think he's a good. I think in AFL fantasy formats, he's a great uh, D two for your draft. Probably yeah. not a salary cap pick, um, yeah. but Supercoach, I think he certainly is a point of difference. 
and and you know certainly a day one in that format yeah i think so i'm keen on your take and again in in the shortened quarters last year it meant that the ceiling of scoring we got out of AFL fantasy and dream team was, was quite drastically adjusted while in super coach, they just changed the weightiness of certain moments in the game to do that. If you look at how Ryan built his year, he, he had a seasonal increase of 12 points per game. His, his tackles dropped, his possessions dropped again, quite expected given that you're losing a couple of minutes of a, a quarter per game. Um, and the only thing that really rebounded in terms of a positive scoring trend was his disposal efficiency went up and his um, rebound fifties. He had a couple more per game. Is, is this where we start to look at 2020 with some anomalies about it? Is it where you go, well, some scoring trends were down therefore, well, that was 2020 waiting, or is this the actual, just the level of impact that he had on games that's I truly think, revealing? Yeah. I think it's just him. Um, yeah. Super coach, you saw more high end scores. Uh, certainly across the board. But if you look, like I was sort of saying about intercepts and contested possessions trending, it's sort of it's, it's sort of been consistent over the last few years. It's sort of just moved incrementally. I think 2017 to 18, there was a slight readjustment. But for the general part, it, it's intercepts and contested possessions are going up. Uncontested yeah, and, possessions and again, are coming back. Yeah, yeah and, and there's ceiling in some of his 2019 numbers in Supercoach too. There's that 156 against the Saints, a 145 against the Adelaide Crows, a 131 against Brisbane, you know, a bunch of other tons that he delivered through there. So it's not exactly like you look at 2020 and go, oh, this is out of nowhere. Yeah, I, th- I actually sort of likened his numbers to Sam Doherty um, sort of leading into last year. He was one of my hot picks, I guess you could say. So I certainly think there's there's still room for him to get better um, with the interchange coming down. That, that's only going to be good for someone like Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so too. Look, look in, in salary caps, it is a, he's a difficult one to pick. Even just if you're thinking about your buy structure, which sometimes you can overthink in a salary cap format, you've got Rory Laird who's in there. You've got Jake Lloyd is also another one of the boys that has a, a multi-buy round off through that period of time. And, and even Jack Crisp, Yep. If you're looking for another high ceiling, low ownership candidate. So it is a bit of a difficult one to do it. But if he starts 2021, like he ended 2020, he he's he could genuinely, I think in Supercoach more than AF, but in Supercoach, he genuinely could be that number one defender when he gets to that buy round, should that scoring trend continue. Yeah, sure. And those low scores you mentioned, they were generally in games where he was where there was no key defenders. So he yeah. was playing lockdown. So, uh, you know. He's very consistent when he's got the good role and he should come in to the season with the good role. Yeah, I think so too. I, look, for me, he's an upgrade target across, um, you know, Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. But in Supercoach, if you want a legitimate point of difference, not a, I like to be unique for the heck of it, but a genuine set my side apart and a guy that could match it with a lead or maybe outscore him, a guy that could you might want to take on Whitfield and think he's going to get out tagged in a game or two in the first bunch of games. Absolutely back him in. I think it's super coach. He's a legitimate starting on option. And if you pass him, that's fine. Don't be a fool and not put him on your watch list as an upgrade target. He is that good. I think he's a top 10 guy in, in super coach this year based on averages. And, and he's got the potential to push it too in dream team and fantasy. Sure. Um, so you mentioned where you're going to draft him. I think you said D one, you'd pick him in super coach in terms of a tiering. Where does he sit in contrast to say like a, a Whitfield, Laird and Lloyd, you know, the three L's people have them as the top three, rightly or wrongly. How far off the marker is he from them? 
I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love Jake Lloyd, so he's he's definitely below that. I think he's pretty comparable to a Whitfield. I'm probably yeah. um, like Whitfield's a gun, but I don't. You know, it's just one of those feel things. Like you look at the numbers. I, I'm a big Luke Ryan fan, so I, I probably have them together. Um, yeah, I probably in Supercoach. I'm already drafting him in the second round. Dream Team. I think I'll be hoping for him in. What is he? D eighteen. Oh, he'd probably look about around six. Yeah, you'd we'll find take out in that, the simulator. You? Yeah, once you get your simulator, we'll be able to start getting it. But even if you just look at him, based on the guys that are around him on an average perspective, again, averages are always dangerous. But there is everyone in in your league somewhere is just going to draft base off averages of the season before. Um, there's guys like Caleb Daniel, who's marginally ahead. Nick Haynes is marginally ahead. Brad Shepard, you know, let's not dirty the podcast too much. Talking about him, Brody Smith, you know, some people might be a little more excited by him. So he's, in terms of average ranking, he's right around those names. And so maybe he's, you know, a, a, yeah, that sort of D2 that might slide a little later than he should. Yeah, I think he will. And it's sort of like, a guy, especially a guy like Howe, who sort yeah. of has this tiny sample size, who I'll rank Ryan... I think a dozen spots ahead of how. Yeah. So, yeah, I he, think so. He, he, look, he's a, he's a fascinating player. I think that you know, there's plenty of upside still left to come from Luke Ryan as that entire footy squad gets better. Only his scoring and consistency of scoring should I- improve. Steve, appreciate your work today as we talked about Luke Ryan. I appreciate being on the show and love it and talk about a gun player. Yeah, well, you know, we'll try to find you a spud for the next one. No, there's none. (laughs) There's potatoes free uh, in uh, this series. If you want to go and check out the article, it's online now at coachespanel.tv. All the links for all the other players you can go and check out while you're there. If you love what you're getting from the Coaches Panel, our Patreon supporter group is there with a bunch of different tiers of support. And we'll be back tomorrow with another player of the 50 Most Relevant. (laughs) 